thank you all who, uh, who brought friends with you this morning. And uh, this morning at about 5.30, while I was still in the midst of some fleeting dream, I was roused by a sharp weight in the middle of my stomach. My heavy eyelids fluttered open to see about an inch from my face the fuzzy black nose of Oliver, our two-year-old boy kitty. He's taken to sleeping on me recently, and while this might have been cute when he was a six-pound kitten, oh, I knew talking about cats would be a, would be a bad idea this morning. It might have been cute when he was a six-pound kitten fresh from Kindred Kitty's rescue shelter. It has become more of an annoyance now that he's filled into his lanky, muscular, 19-pound frame. Groggily, I batted him away and rolled over on my stomach, only to have him climb gingerly up my back, settle down on my shoulder, and nestle his warm face in the nape of my neck. A few minutes of raspy, asthmatic purring later, right next to my earlobe, I was fully awake, petting his nose as he aggressively nuzzled my upturned head. Though as usual, I would have liked more sleep than I got last night, there, was admitted, there are admittedly worse ways to wake up. So again, thanks to everyone who brought friends today, be them two-footed or four-footed, I don't think we have any snakes in here, but I had a line about the no-footed. I promise we won't keep you from the outdoors too much longer. Our relationship with animals other than humans is as long as there have been humans. First relying on animals for food. Indeed, our human ancestors right here in Kenosha hunted and harvested mammoth and mastodon as detailed in the comprehensive exhibit at the Public Museum, only a few short blocks away. Animals were eventually captured and bred as a food source. And by the Neolithic period, what is that, about 6,000 BCE, by the Neolithic, nearly all human societies held some sort of livestock, with a few notable exceptions. The domestication of animals for purposes other than food has been much harder to pinpoint as different people took on different relationships with animals for different reasons in different time periods. Now it's long thought that dogs were really the first animals to be truly domesticated in possibly two separate events in Europe and Asia, respectively. According to the DNA of ancient canines, the genome of domesticated dogs diverged from European wolves at least 15,000 years ago. And a similar discrepancy occurs about 13,000 years ago in Asia. Other theories claim a single domestication event that affected both populations, and still others, say that the original species of domesticated canines has since become extinct, giving rise to new new domesticated dogs. But what I find most fascinating about the domestication of dogs is new evidence that this transformation from wild animal to trusted family companion may have happened incredibly quickly. In the 1950s, under the cover of exploring fur production to conceal his research from the Soviet authorities, 
a Russian geneticist named Dmitry Baliev began a project attempting to domesticate foxes in order to better understand the evolution of dogs from wild animals to pets. By selecting the roughly 10% of the fox population that displayed a markedly lower flight response from people, and then breeding those 10% together, Baliev's theory was that eventually the resulting genetic changes would create a new breed of friendly foxes. But even he was surprised at the result. Within a matter of a decade, or merely four full generations of offspring selected from that 10% of the previous generation, the foxes started wagging their tails, whimpering, and actively seeking out human contact. They also remarkably began showing physical signs of domestication, such as floppier ears and lips, and the first evidence of expressive eyebrows which wolves and foxes do not have. It's now thought that regardless of when domestication first took place, it did happen very quickly, perhaps in as short a time as a single human lifetime. Now this is revelatory news because it was long thought that the domestication of dogs took hundreds if not thousands of years of increasingly intimate encounters between canines and humans, finally resulting in the partnership we see today. But in actuality, it might have taken only a few short decades before people began living with, caring for, and being cared for by dogs. But however long it took, this relationship with dogs was immediately mutually beneficial. The dogs got a consistent source of food, shelter, and safety. And in turn, people got early warning of intruders and predators, allies in hunting and herding, and eventually, companionship. Now, the domestication of cats followed a distinctly different path. Where, whereas it's pretty clear that whatever the process, dogs were actively domesticated by people, it is thought that cats entered into this relationship of their own volition. <laughs> as early as 8,000 years ago, wild cats began interacting with human communities in the Fertile Crescent, where they quickly formed a symbiotic relationship with people by feeding on the rodents that threatened food stores. So mice and rats were attracted to crops and other agricultural byproducts being produced by human civilizations, and Cats likely followed the rodent populations and, in turn, frequently approached human settlements. And having little negative impact on the people they interacted with, cats were, for the most part, allowed to hunt free of limitations on people's farmlands. And again, a potential second wave of domestication, cats from Central Africa spread to Egypt, where they too helped control rodent populations around the large grain production along the Nile River. And having no natural predators there, cats quickly engaged with people, commanding an increasing role in people's lives and even spirituality. So we've, we came to have our two most beloved species of companion, dogs and cats, arrive from very different sources in very different ways. 
Dogs were almost certainly domesticated by humans, as evidenced by the great diversity of the canine domesticus species. Indeed, dogs are the most diverse single species on Earth as a result. Let me say that again. Dogs are the single most diverse species, single species on Earth. And if you don't believe me, just think about the physical differences between the two-pound chihuahua and the 260-pound Grand Mastiff, both direct results of dog breeding by humans. Now, conversely, cats domesticated us, working their way into our lives first as symbiotic strangers, eventually training us to provide them tuna, litter boxes, and chin rubs, this is evidenced by the fact that cats have not undergone much evolutionary change over the thousands of years they've lived with us. In fact, the only real genetic difference, genetic difference, between the domesticated shorthair and other small wild breeds of cats is the development of the tabby markings somewhere in the Middle Ages. It's the only difference genetically. But, Regardless of how they came into our lives, they are here, and here to stay. From as early as the first chapter of the Bible, from which we heard earlier, where we are charged with caring for and dominion over the beasts of the air, land, and sea, to the mummified remains of cats in Egyptian tombs, to the hunting dog bones buried with their Vikings kings, People's connections to and reliance on animals is in constant the world over. Since service animals now provide eyes for those who cannot see, early warning of seizure or medical issues for those with epilepsy, comfort for the anxious, and simple companionship for the isolated. But more than anything, I think our pets remind us that we too are animals. Domesticated, to be sure, but still struggling with the age-old questions of life and death, survival, pain, and comfort. Though cursed to often outlive our animal companions, they teach us about transition and death and saying goodbye to a loved one, as evidenced by the few who put stones in memory in the fountain today. They elicit compassion and love in ways sometimes even our fellow human beings cannot. And they ultimately remind us what it is to be alive and to be loved. So whether you brought your actual animal this morning, a photograph, or the memory of a loved one long departed, we will now invite you forward to receive the blessing of this church for you and your companion. Might we go forward ever in relationship ever in love.